The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com And pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Says who? Broadcasting from resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. What's first, Matt? Some old favorites making a return appearance. Do I get a hint? Well, let me see. The squad car that took him to the police station was destroyed by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> you mean, hello, <laughs> it's us. Bob and June Wheeler, you Yugoslavian recidivist knuckleheads, you. What the heck brings you by? They were picked up on a 509B violation, sir. 509? Uh-huh. B? Yeah. I don't believe I'm familiar with that one. Uh, well, sir, it's not used in Manhattan very much. It involves the illegal detonation of poultry. <laughs> Excuse me, but I didn't think the chickens were among our more widely used explosives. <laughs> sir, the Wheelers were merely trying their hand at egg farming. They ran into a bit of difficulty with a propane-powered incubator. It seems as though Darla and Alfalfa here uh, got an incubator with a faulty shut-off valve. It was a nightmare. A god-awful smell of meringue. Blood-curdling peeping. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. Stop whining! Stop whining! God damn it! From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, April 17, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hello, Bob. Ah, we are brought to you by the best soap in the world, BubbleGenius.com. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Uh, get free legal advice from Charles Bowen at TheBowenLawGroup.com. Yeah, see, some lawyers do work for free. How about that? Charles Bowen, working for free. He's going to hate me for this now. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, Bo. I'm so sorry. Says who? <laughs> Bowen is a lawyer, not a fixer. <laughs> That's right. Hey, look, it's uh, Buzz Burbank right over there. Hey, Buzz. Hi, Bob. Uh, you know what? I, I am completely at a loss for where to begin, what to start talking about here at the beginning. Start so. with the blood-curdling peeping. <laughs> That's because right. that's the sound we're all going to be making uh, soon if we aren't making it already. That's right. I'm telling you, uh, even uh, we shouldn't feel bad. You know, we've talked uh, more than once about how this is sort of driving us crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything we're involved in here. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's starting to get to Maddow. Uh, Rachel Maddow, uh, a bachelor's degree, Rhodes Scholar, uh, at a loss for words yeah. last night, could not think of the word ignition. 
She was talking about <laughs> trying that, to yeah. trying to put the key in the in the in, in the in the dash. dash. You know, she couldn't she couldn't locate roads. This woman is never at a loss for words, and no. she couldn't think of ignition. And why? Not because there's anything wrong with Rachel Maddow, but because even she, a Rhodes Scholar, is now overwhelmed so we should not feel badly about either being overwhelmed or uttering blood curdling peeps yeah yeah you know what I, I i was such at a loss in trying to compose which stories go when today right. how we oh, how we put all of this together tell tell me about it i try to do a newscast and yeah you know, you start when you start in the middle and eat your way out how do you <laughs> yeah there you go that's exactly right well so what i thought he'd do is i thought we'd bring back the slot machine of insanity and just Good. pull the big yeah. just reach over here and pull the big the only way. Yeah, there we go. One, two, three. Here it comes. Oh, Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity comes up. Yeah. Come on, Hannity. On the slot machine of insanity yeah. here. Uh, okay, well, you know what? <laughs> it rhymes. I, I want to get to that in, in just one second. But, uh, you know, I really feel like in a broader stroke way, we uh, need to talk about where we are in the Trump era where okay. where this is all leading where this point in time can be pegged in the overall narrative of the the trump presidency i think we're reaching a time now where any normal president would have resigned probably over the weekend if not monday morning <laughs> i mean yeah. this is this is so this is at the point now where it's not going to get any better for him. There no. was a, there was a small chance that maybe six months ago he could pull up and 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 actually remain airborne before he hit the ground. <laughs> but there's no pulling up at this point. This is a, no. a catastrophic nosedive of the Trump presidency, and it's not just Mueller now. What we're learning right. is that Donald Trump is absolutely terrified of what's going on with the Michael Cohen case financial crimes bank fraud all of it the, the raid that occurred last week and it's not surprising that he's terrified of this because more so more so now than the Mueller investigation yeah uh a spoiler alert they're connected <laughs> <laughs> right they are very much connected and it's it's amazing but you know it doesn't matter if Mueller <laughs> comes up with nothing now because, and he's not going to come up with nothing. Wouldn't, I mean, there's going to be all kinds be, of. Wouldn't that be something? He comes out and goes, I got nothing. I got nothing. There's nothing to see here. Everyone go home. Uh, no, but I mean, that's not going to happen. But right. even if it did, there would still be this case in the Southern District of New York with his, uh, this U.S. attorney and Michael Cohen and, and Sean, now Sean Hannity is looped into it. Not surprising. This is, I mean, what happened yesterday in the courtroom with Sean Hannity and Stormy Daniels and Michael Avenatti sitting right behind them. That is an entire episode of the miniseries about. Yeah, I know. What's and I do. I look Trump. at this. I look at this as a book or a miniseries or yeah. a movie. Yeah. It's how I think of it. And I think of of the drama, the drama of that hearing in which, it, it, you know, it, they had the raid uh, on uh, Cohen's office uh, investigating uh, criminal activities uh, suspected in his business dealings. Yep. And uh, they seized uh, almost everything. Uh, and uh, now uh, lawyers for Trump and Cohen are saying, no, we, you know, we need to look at that first because there may be things in there that would violate attorney client privilege if you saw them. So mm -hmm. uh, that's why they were all in court. They lost that battle. Trump lost. And this is a major, major battle to lose. 
and and so you're watching all of this, and you're thinking, oh, it can't get more dramatic. And then there's this business of the mystery client, and it looks like the judge is going to accept uh, the mystery Cohen's mystery client. Cohen's got like three clients. Yeah. The point being, he's not really a lawyer. I mean, he is, but he hasn't been practicing law. Yeah, he's been negotiating payoffs and 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 helping helping to cover up things and intimidate people. And he's a he's a fixer. He's a fixer. Yeah, that's right. what he that's what he does. And and so that's what they're investigating. Not anything that's necessarily protected by attorney-client privilege. So, in spite of that, the judge says, "No, uh, we're going to let a third party look at this stuff first. Probably that's not definite, but that's where it's headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then and then everybody else can see it." Right. So there's that, and that's very dramatic. And then there's this. Uh, there's some drama associated with this. Well, he only serves three clients: uh, Trump, uh, uh, Brody, Brody, Elliot yeah. Brody, the uh, former uh, co-chairman of uh, finance for uh, fundraising for the Republican National Committee. Which any other uh, time, that story right. alone would be like you know that oh, would dominate sure. the news cycle for months and months and months. Sure. If it was, if this was five years ago, yeah. and uh, this were a Democrat, they'd say, "Well, that's oh, the yeah. end of the." Democratic Party. That's it. They're, <laughs> Abortions. They're I mean, for God's right. sake, there's an abortion involved here. Jesus. And so when you think that the drama can't get any uh, greater, a, a stranger stands up in the back of the room. He's yeah. a lawyer. He's a lawyer for the news media, CNN, the New York Times, the Associated Press, ABC News. This guy <laughs> stands up and identifies himself and delivers in under two minutes, maybe a minute and a half. The kind of speech I would expect Jimmy Stewart to give in yeah. one of those old movies. Sam Waterston or something like that. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a, a more timely reference, perhaps. Uh, but it's Sorry. that sort of it's that sort of no, no, that's true. It's it's that sort of it's that sort of cinematic passion. They both mm-hmm. had they both had it. They both appeared in those kinds of scenes. Yeah. Uh, and it was that sort of cinematic passion you think that you only see in the movies and and here it is in real life. It was like, like when and, Superman and, suddenly shows up at, right, at the last right. possible second before someone's about to be killed and rescues no, them. No nobody expected this guy. Yeah. Much less this stirring <laughs> historically important speech yeah yeah uh and and the judge uh, who was kind of leaning in that direction anyway based on what she'd heard and not knowing any legal reason that this mystery client's name should be kept secret uh she agrees with the guy and so uh, again from a drama standpoint from a movie or book or miniseries standpoint you're thinking oh the drama can't get any higher and then boom it's sean hannity yeah and and it's another one of those things and you indicated this that you're surprised, but you're not surprised, you know, and that's been the story of the Trump presidency for me from the beginning. Surprise, not surprised. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. And we we had the introduction apart from anything else. I mean, because everything was going on in this uh, in this courtroom yesterday and it was just again, it was so cinematic. And this guy, uh, I, I'm trying to find his name here. I want to say it's like Bemis or something like that. Balin. Uh, Balin. Robert Robert D. Balin. Balin. B-A-L-I-N, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and just saving the day by getting this mm-hmm. uh, getting this judge, uh, I, I think her name is Kimball Wood, to, mm-hmm. to go ahead and, and, and release the name of this third client. Oh, my right. God. And uh, just so explosive. And then we, when then we learned about something brand new that we hadn't known before, which is the, uh, the existence of some called the taint team the, yes, ta- the yes. taint team is going to mm-hmm. sort through all of the 
evidence that they collected from Michael Cohen's various locations, his uh, safety deposit box, his house, his hotel room, his office, and to go through and figure out, well, what's attorney-client privileged information and what right. is information that is admissible in this right. case. So, I mean, I think and, that's fair and makes sense, right? Yeah, the Taint team was going to get to that first. They were also known as the filter team, if that yeah. makes anyone more comfortable. We'll, we can call them the filter right. team. Right, well, actually, I have, a, I have a theme song for the Taint team. This is the theme thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Taint Team. Yeah, a Quinn Martin production. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the plan was they were going to get it, and they would yeah. be the people who decided that. Uh, the they, Trump's lawyers, Cohen's lawyers, were able to convince the judge that yeah, maybe somebody else ought to look at it first. So yeah. it'll go to what they call a special master, which is really just an attorney or a mini judge right. to evaluate this stuff and decide, I guess, what the Tate team should see and what it shouldn't. <laughs> That's it, right. the, the special master will make recommendations and then uh, it will be handed to simultaneously to both the Tate team of the FBI and to the lawyers for Trump and Cohen. Well, immediately following the announcement that it was Sean Hannity, who's client number three in all of this, and and let's emphasize, (laughs) before we get to Hannity's reaction here, let's emphasize why this is important, that Sean Hannity, of all people, is is client number three. Because obviously this opens the the door to, well, was Michael Cohen paying off porn stars and other women in the name of Sean Hannity, too? Because that's what he's doing for Trump, that's what he's doing for Brady, so it would seem as if number three has some similar matters to handle uh through michael cohen in that in that sense too may, so that, may that, i address just that aspect sure of it. sure there there is a you'll recall and uh, there is a, a former fox news contributor who appeared on hannity's show who says that uh she had been invited to hannity's hotel room uh and when she got there and refused his advances after that uh, she was never invited back to the show. And she says we should also be asking about the sudden exit of Hannity's executive producer, another woman. Yep. Uh, so you may be on to something there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think so? Yeah, and yeah. you think also... Uh, There are tapes. What we know is uh, (laughs) apparently there are tapes. Uh, Michael Cohen's been recording his phone calls and saving them as, uh, at least according to Tom Hamburger, reporting something along the lines of how uh, Michael Cohen's got all kinds of wave files of phone conversations on his uh, his handheld devices and maybe even his uh, personal computers as well, which then would include phone conversations not only with Donald Trump, not only with Elliot Broidy, but a wide variety of Russians and other operatives, plus Sean Hannity, for God sake well several people have said that recording those calls was a standard practice of michael cohen's yeah. and that he uh would occasionally use the contents of those calls as leverage yeah. against people who were trying to hurt his dear friend donald trump yeah and i wonder if he's got thumb drives with all of the recordings on them stashed in his safety deposit box which we learned was one of the locations that were right. raided by the fbi so it's possible right. that they were there it's possible i mean they could be anywhere on some electronic device on some removable storage device too i mean it's possible that it could be on any of those things but the bottom line though is that the fbi has them and that the taint team the Taint team will determine whether or not they're admissible in court, but hopefully they will be admissible. And at some point, we're going to learn all of this information. So no wonder Donald Trump is crapping his big boy pants over what's going on with Michael Cohen. Because especially, especially since there, you may ask, you may reasonably ask yourself, 
well, how is it the FBI started investigating Cohen? What, is this some kind of witch hunt? Are they, is that a political vendetta? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Robert Mueller was minding his own business, which was investigating uh, Russia intrusion and possible collusion with, and uh, came across some things that said, hmm, well, this is, again, outside of our purview. I'll turn it over uh, to, to these folks, where he d- turned it over to uh, prosecutors in the Southern District of New York. Yep. He, he certainly had done so in Cohen's case. And uh, they began investigating some of these business practices. Cohen, I don't know if you've read this detail because it doesn't get a lot of attention, but it it (laughs) tickles me for some reason. (laughs) I'm sure. Cohen has another business, another business interest that is a target of this investigation. And that business is he owns New York City taxicab medallions. Right. Uh, medallions for people who have not uh, been to New York or are not familiar, uh, they're metal plates that are riveted onto the hoods of taxi cabs. And that is, in effect, that vehicle's license to operate as a cab in New York City. And these are, there's only a, there's a limited number of them. And uh, they, they are very, very, very expensive, uh, very coveted. And uh, so to have them is to have money and power. Yeah. And uh, this uh, bizarrely, <laughs> some some lawyers chase ambulances. Michael Cohen chases cabs. <laughs> yeah, and there he was, like an idiot, like such an idiot. And again, this all goes back to my ongoing thesis that all these people are their own worst enemies, whether it's Michael Cohen. And we also know that Donald Trump makes everything worse for Donald Trump. That's the right. ongoing rule. But I mean, there was Michael Cohen sitting out smoking cigars on the street in Manhattan outside his hotel. And who was with him out there with his smoking cigars with him? The two guys who accompanied Trump to Moscow in 2013. Like fucking idiots, they decided, hey, let's all go hang out with Michael Cohen and smoke cigars in plain view of the press and anyone else who wants to take pictures of us. They're daring the government to come down on them like a a bag full of anvils. Really, Trump should be more frightened of this. You know, we were talking, and we know this to be true. We've heard it from multiple sources. Trump and his advisors, not just Trump, but Trump and his advisors are concerned that uh, this Cohen investigation is more legally dangerous to Trump than the Mueller investigation is. And again, a reminder, those two are connected. You were just touching on that a little bit. We we also know about uh, the trip that Cohen didn't or really did make to Prague uh, during <laughs> the election campaign yeah. to meet with the Russians. Yeah. So, yeah, there's he's also over in the collusion case, which Trump isn't even thinking about right now because he's more worried about what's going to come out about Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels and whatever other crap he's been into. That's why. And I, so, yeah. I, I mean, I was just going to say, well, go yeah. finish your point because I was going to mention uh, that about. No, the that, co- that, that's pretty much it. Please go. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, Sunday night, one of the reasons why maybe perhaps Trump wasn't tweeting about the Comey interview on 2020 was because he was so wrapped up about what was going to go on in court the next day with Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels there in the gallery watching the proceedings with Michael Avenatti and and this whole idea of how they wanted to bury or at least get a chance to look at the evidence before it was presented in court. And of course, the judge denied that. Yeah, I think Trump was in a panic all weekend. You know, he was the accounts that I've read say Trump was 
fuming Friday morning when he heard about this raid and uh, that he was fuming all day long yeah. about this. And uh, he tweeted uh, several times. I haven't counted them this time, but he tweeted multiple times uh, Friday through Monday uh, about about that uh, raid and and uh, you know his anger of, about that and and about Comey. He had, he had spent a lot of time attacking Comey to try to get ahead of that Sunday night interview with Stephanopoulos. Uh, so his mind was somewhat on that. They say the thing that cooled Trump down on Friday, that finally cooled him down Friday evening after fuming all day about that raid, the thing that that, that cooled him down was hearing the uh, the Inspector General report from the uh, Justice Department oh, about yeah. about McCabe, Andrew McCabe, and this this uh, you know seemed to back up uh, in his mind at least everything that Trump believed about McCabe, and so he was feeling a bit cockier, a bit more victorious. And then began doing these these tweets about Comey. So in some ways, uh, his mind was a, a little bit off of it. And uh, except for the fact that, yeah, I, overall, I think is more worried about that than the Mueller investigation. And as you were mentioning, with uh, smoking cigars with the the Russian the Russian the people who had been to Russia with Trump uh, outside, and uh, the Cohen's now apparent trip to Prague to meet with Russians late in the campaign, like uh, August September. Uh, just before the election, uh, there's also over on the Mueller side a case for collusion. So while Trump may be fearing uh, this the most, uh, the, you know, the Cohen case, uh, that doesn't mean he can stop worrying about the Mueller case, even though he probably has. Yeah, I mean, politically, he can't go after what's going on in the Southern District of New York because, once again, I mean, once again, here we are with Trump making things worse for Trump. It just ends up in a domino effect in this case where he fires Preet Bharara a year ago after promising Preet Bharara he could stay on. And I guess when Preet Bharara decided that he wasn't going to drop whatever case is going on with regard to possibly Michael Cohen and financial crimes, which is what we're discovering now. Uh, instead, he fires Preet Bharara to, to about phases, fires Preet Bharara, and then installs in Preet Bharara's place in the Southern District of New York as U.S. attorney, this guy who was a Rudy Giuliani law partner. And so we're thinking, well, this guy is going to be a Trump loyalist and a sycophant and probably drop whatever case was going on down there regarding possibly Trump. But now maybe it was the Cohen case that Trump was trying to disrupt by firing Barrara. But now this guy who Trump appointed to take over at the in the Southern District of New York, that guy recuses himself. And then the next guy authorizes the pre-dawn raid. So, of course, <laughs> Trump just can't he can't seem to get a break, even with people who are Trump lo or maybe not Trump loyalists, but but appointees of the Trump administration, people that tr Trump has met with and has appointed to those posts. And of course, they're, they're turning on him because anyone who gets in, it seems to me as if they get in and then they see the facts and they go, oh, well, I guess what everyone's saying is true. <laughs> I guess all these things are really going on. And so they have to proceed according to the rule of law, which Trump doesn't understand. Trump doesn't I'm understand a lot of things. In fact, he didn't. You, you, mentioned, the, <laughs> you mentioned the McCabe uh, Inspector General report that came out right, last week. Right. 
Trump doesn't understand that either. Just as a side note, he tweeted here uh, when he was talking about how McCabe lied, 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 in all uh, caps with exclamation marks. Right. He said, McCabe was totally controlled by Comey. McCabe is Comey. Which, is Comey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which made me think of that uh, uh, Ace Ventura movie where he a Finkel is Einhorn, Einhorn is Finkel, and it, <laughs> Comey is McCabe, and McCabe is Comey. And then he said here in the same tweet, no collusion, all made up by this den of thieves and lowlifes. He calls the FBI a den of thieves and lowlifes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Really smart, especially now, because you know where the taint team comes from? The FBI. <laughs> so, I don't the know. The taint team. Yeah, I mean, they're... Next. Re- <laughs> In color. Right after Magnum P.I. Tonight on NBC. Be there. Um, but no, this is complete misunderstanding. He just doesn't understand what this OIG report from Justice was all about regarding McCabe, because I, I checked. This OIG report has nothing to do with collusion. Russia is mentioned once. The word Russia appears in this report once, but it's just on a sidebar mentioning something uh, that's completely unrelated to what the investigation was all about. So there is no, yeah, there's no collusion because there's no collusion mentioned in the entire goddamn report. The entire report was about the investigation into Hillary Clinton, not mm-hmm. about Russia or collusion or any of that. So this indicates to me that Trump not only doesn't understand how all of this works, but he clearly right. did not read or get the bullet points about this uh, inspector general report at uh, a justice regarding uh, Andrew McCabe. So there's it that. should be it should be acknowledged that McCabe made mistakes and and yeah. got called out for them and whether or not other people got away with it and he didn't could be argued. Uh, but McCabe made mistakes. Uh, Comey made mistakes. Yep. And and you know I've seen a, a, some bashing of Comey. I've seen some praise of Comey. The answer I think we all need to learn is that with every individual. Uh, they're human and both are true. Yep. Uh, I, Comey is, as he has admitted, a flawed human being, uh, who admits he can sometimes have an ego problem. Uh, and, and those things may very well be true. Uh, and, and so those make him flawed who, who among us isn't. Uh, but at the same time, he's widely respected both McCabe and Comey. I am doing some background reading on this today. How do FBI agents feel about this, past and present FBI agents? Mm-hmm. And from them, we're hearing, well, we agree with McCabe and we agree with Comey in what they're thinking. What we don't agree with is them coming out publicly. Yeah, uh, We don't like the idea that uh, Comey's done a book. We don't like the idea that he's going on TV uh, insulting the president, saying these things about Trump, even though we all say them and we all know them to be true. Uh, they're worried, these agents, about the reflection on the FBI. So there is, I, without uh, leaving that point, before we leave that point behind, before we leave McCabe behind, we should mention that I think, in fairness, that he and Comey did screw some things up. Yeah. Uh, however pure their intentions may have been and may still be. Uh, so, you know, just to acknowledge that in the interest of, of fairness. But, yeah, as you were saying, Trump has misinterpreted what, what that inspector general's report means in terms of 
Trump situation. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I want to come back to Comey because we definitely have to look back at that Comey interview. I have a few thoughts about that. And especially and we were talking we were talking about Hannity. Yeah. I mean, and we got we got this far <laughs> I in. know. This is what I mean about and this is what you mean about where do you start? Yeah. This this thing has spider veined in all conceivable directions. And it's it really is. I mean, we've been saying for a while it's hard to keep track of. Well, it's just gotten uh, considerably harder. It can be done. But what a job. And it is a clown car of stories and characters, and they just keep coming. They just keep pouring out. Yeah. So yes, you have, do. I mean, in court yesterday, you had Stormy Daniels and her lawyer, uh, Michael Cohen and his lawyer, uh, lawyer for Trump, uh, federal prosecutors, a judge, and 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 this reporter for the news media, among others, uh, taking part in this bizarre thing that reveals Sean Hannity. It's it's a clown car. People keep pouring out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, here's Sean Hannity wrapped up in all of this. And of course, mm-hmm. this raises all kinds of ethical issues for Sean Hannity. Although I begin to question, has Sean Hannity ever had ethics no. on the air? No, no never, no. <laughs> never. In fact, that's I, why he's number one. Exactly. And that's <laughs> I, I mean, I still contend that a lot of what he talks about a lot of his on-air persona is just that it's a persona uh, you know keith olbermann has had some observations over the years about that about how he's got information that that <laughs> sean hannity, yeah i mean basically <laughs> that, that sean hannity is uh basically a, a a shock jock who made a career move into conservatism as a you know there are a lot of a uh, lot of radio guys who did that sure. who, you know sure. can no longer make uh yeah any money Glenn Beck the, and, and uh, rush limbaugh sure yeah yeah i mean who just went from morning radio discovered that there's really not much money in talk anymore on radio and decide well hey why don't we do this why don't we move over to the am dial and become conservatives hey great idea that's where the gravy train is and so that's what a lot of them did and i think that's where sean hannity got his start certainly uh so i mean he doesn't really have i don't think he's got ethical boundaries in terms of what he talks about i mean he's been known for repeating rnc talking points verbatim fresh off the fax machine for god's sake i mean and there's been uh, plenty of reporting along those lines where people you know you can take a an RNC uh, set of bullet points or the talking points of the day, the message of the day, and compare them with what Sean Hannity said on his show. And in a lot of cases, they're verbatim. And this happens right. throughout the entire Fox News broadcast day. But right. a lot of times, it's mostly guys like Steve Ducey and Sean Hannity who uh, actually go that to and, that length. And, and we know that Hannity and, and Trump have been on the phone with each other multiple times. Oh, I yeah. don't know if they still are, but there was a period of time where they were in frequent telephone contact. Hannity speaks to Trump from his show, uh, offering advice. Uh, There is, this is part of that hotline to, uh, between Trump and Fox News, just Mm -hmm. as there is a hotline between Trump and the National Enquirer, our state-run newspaper. So, uh, we, you know, and and I I would so love, I would, I don't know if it's going to happen. I may be wishing too big. Wouldn't it be great if this brought down the National Enquirer, which paid uh, $150,000 to a Playboy model and 30000 to a doorman to help Donald Trump and didn't report it as campaign contributions? Well, and and if, it, if it brought down Fox News, yeah. uh, which now is about to lose its only remaining brightest star... <laughs> In Sean maybe, Hannity, maybe. In Sean Hannity? Yeah, that, that could be, although the guy is kind of ironclad. He survived. It all depends I on, I mean, it all depends on whether he announces that he's going on vacation. What's vacation mean? Vacations when you go somewhere 
and you don't ever come back. Or whether this results in criminal charges against him. Well, I mean, that could, that could happen, too. I mean, there could be all kinds of things, all kinds of uh, interesting mm-hmm. treasures within the, uh, uh, the Michael Cohen tranche of documents and recordings and tapes and whatever else he's got. But, I mean, the whole point, well, or at least one of the points of this hearing in court the other day was to find out whether or not the attorney for Michael Cohen could withhold Sean Hannity's name from being uh, revealed to uh, the public and in the format of the uh, the court hearing. And, uh, and of course, that was overruled. And thanks in part to this attorney who stepped up, as we were saying before, and made this impassioned plea on behalf of the news media and the American people and the First Amendment uh, above all else. Robert Balin, my new hero. Robert Balin, yeah, yeah. I mean, an amazing speech. And then, of course, the judge acquiesced and said, yeah, yeah, you know what? He's right. Why, why are we doing, yeah, why are we withholding yeah. this name? I mean, if he's not really. And so uh, they revealed that it was Sean Hannity. And, and, but I mean, the whole idea was to keep Sean Hannity's name out of it. That's what they were petitioning <laughs> how, the court how'd for. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, not, not very well at all, because of course it was revealed. And then Sean Hannity, after going through all kinds of lengths to get Michael Cohen to conceal his name, Sean Hannity tweets this yesterday. Michael mm. Cohen has never represented me in any matter. I never retained him, received an invoice or paid legal fees, which mm. brings, yeah, exactly. That, that, that makes me uh, think, well, well, that's not unusual. Michael Cohen seems to be working for free for everybody. And in addition to working for free, he's paying people off uh, using his own money out of his own house, for God's sake. So, Oh, uh, they, have you seen maybe it just came out this afternoon, a Washington Post article that has some quotes, some previous quotes from uh, Michael Cohen about his relationship uh, with Sean Hannity. Uh. Or actually, from the quotes are from Hannity about his relationship with Cohen. Uh, he, he, now in the last day or so, Hannity's been saying, we definitely had attorney client privilege. Uh, (laughs) he said on on his radio show, I might've handed him 10 bucks. I definitely want your attorney client privilege on this. Something like that. So (laughs) no, 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 So, 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 so on one hand, he's saying, uh, Cohen, not my lawyer. On the other hand, Hannity is saying, uh, I got attorney-client privilege. So you you can't have it both ways. He's either not your lawyer or you have attorney-client privilege. It, you can't have both. Yeah. And it's, this is, it's metaphysically impossible. Yeah, I mean, then this has entered into the public record now where he said, I never retained him, received an invoice, or paid legal fees. I have occasionally had brief discussions with him about legal questions about which uh-huh. I wanted his input and perspective. I assume those conversations were confidential, but to be absolutely clear, they never involved any matter between me and a third party. In response to some wild speculation, let me make clear that I did not ask Michael Cohen to bring this proceeding on my behalf. So he's calling Cohen no. A liar here, which is going to work out really well for Sean Hannity, I'm sure. Well, I, I think what I think what Hannity's saying is I didn't I didn't cause this court case. Yeah. I didn't bring this case to court. I just wanted to keep my name out of it. But well, anyway, well, but just yeah. like Trump on Air yeah. Force One the other day, where he threw right. Michael Cohen under a bus. Now Sean Hannity's <laughs> throwing Michael Cohen under a bus and saying that right. Michael Cohen is basically lying about what Sean Hannity wanted and what he didn't want. So now he's saying I did not ask Michael Cohen to bring this proceeding on my behalf. That's exactly why they were in that courtroom yesterday to bring this up as well as the you know can we look at the information that you've taken from michael cohen that whole side of it too that petition and then the post comes out with these quotes we definitely had attorney client privilege says hannity (laughs) i might have handed him 10 bucks i definitely want your attorney client privilege on this something like that end quote. right and then john fugel saying uh our friend john fugel saying had uh what i consider to be an entry into the tweet of the year competition (laughs) he wrote here on twitter Sean Hannity reminds you, Michael Cohen wasn't his lawyer, 
but he still expects attorney-client privilege, and he right. has nothing to hide. But he ordered right. Michael Cohen not to reveal him, and he defended Michael Cohen all week, but now Michael Cohen's a liar, and that's why Hillary Clinton must be stopped, right? Here's my line. Here's my reaction to all this was. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Sean Hannity now has to recuse himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then and i'm not sure and i see efforts to like boycott the the advertisers on his show nah you're wasting your time there i think the law will catch up with him here i either either civil law or criminal law will catch up with sean hannity here yeah and you know i wonder does the u.s attorney in the southern district of new york have the authority to if if he sees or she sees i'm not sure who the uh the the, the acting uh, uh attorney is on this case because yeah because the the main guy recused himself. Right. But right, he did. I'm wondering if uh, if they have the authority to if they see something illegal on behalf of Sean Hannity or if they see some other crime uh, and evidence of that crime, mm. do they get to continue? Do they get to pursue that crime as well? In addition to the financial crimes that they're pursuing Michael Cohen for, I think so, Bob. Because as they sort, as I I understand what the Taint team would do, and and what what now a special master would do, which also sounds a, a little kinky. Right. Special master sounds like something that uh, yeah. Mike Pence might have, you mm-hmm. know, but in his bondage uh, <laughs> outfit. But it, it, the, the, their job there is to is to decide precisely that. Yeah. And if they if prosecutors see anything in the material that they're allowed to see that indicates any kind of crime by anyone, that can either be prosecuted by them or referred to the appropriate prosecutor. Wow! So they're not just looking for these specific crimes. Well, they are, but if they find if they find other crimes, evidence of other crimes, they can seize that. The stuff they can't use is stuff that does not indicate a crime. I see. Okay. Well, that's that answers my question then, because right. I mean that's the important thing, because that's where this gets really dicey for guys like Sean Hannity, Elliot Brody, and Donald mm-hmm. Trump, of course, because now that they've got all this documentation from Michael Cohen, who, if he actually saved these tapes in an unencrypted way somewhere uh-huh. on his hard drives, might be the dumbest goddamn attorney on the planet if that in <laughs> fact happened. And there's going to be well, all kinds it- of evidence if that's the case. Yeah, oh, that's true, and we can't wait. Lordy, there are tapes, Lordy, and it's not tapes. just, and we know, Bob, it's not just the tapes that Cohen made of himself. Yeah. We now know, and because, and the other thing, and I heard you mention this earlier, Cohen says that none of those tapes include, none of the tapes he has include any conversations with Donald Trump, that he never recorded his conversations with Donald Trump. And again, the purpose of the recording those other calls or, or the calls that he did record was to, to use them as leverage against Trump's enemies and Cohen's own enemies and uh, Elliot Brody's enemies and perhaps Sean Hannity's enemies. Uh, so th- that's why the, well, guess what? Uh, now NBC News is reporting that uh, the FBI, over its months-long investigation of Michael Cohen, uh, also wiretapped his phone. Oh, there you and, go. That's exactly what it, I was predicting. Exactly and of right. Course, of course there are conversations between Cohen and Trump right. on, uh, you know, among those. And uh, we know for a fact, I mean, somehow I don't recall the source of this, but we do know factually that there was a discussion at some point between Trump and Cohen about the Access Hollywood tape. So there... <laughs> Conversations so were great. being conversations were being recorded by the FBI <laughs> between Cohen and Trump during the campaign, uh, during or at least uh, over the yeah, or at least over the past few months. And in that period of time, 
they've talked about a number of these cases, no mm. doubt, including, we know for sure, the Access Hollywood tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, then, in addition to all of that, I mean, on the phone call front, mm-hmm. Donald Trump, I mean, again, I mean, you got to wonder, where where are his people? Why aren't they stopping him from doing this? Because Donald Trump, like an idiot, called Michael Cohen on the phone the other day after this raid occurred to talk well, to Michael Cohen. Because, because, what, I, because uh, I'm Mr. Smarty Pants, I know the answer <laughs> to that one, too. Right. I mean, what? Uh, his, his advisors are afraid to advise him on any of this for fear they will be sucked into the criminal investigation, period. Yeah. Sources tell ABC News Donald Trump spoke Friday with his personal attorney attorney who according to court documents has been under criminal investigation for months federal agents who raided i mean what we know is that obviously michael cohen's phones are tapped so this phone call with donald trump the feds have that of course they have that and they've got a wide variety of other information from donald trump i mean if we go back to where we think this began or maybe another milestone in this entire investigation into michael cohen alone we haven't even gotten to russia yet today (laughs) Um, that that, uh, it could have been that Preet Bharara was investigating Michael Cohen before he was fired, as I was saying before, and that maybe these phone taps started as early as, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, maybe back during the campaign. You know, I don't know. Of Cohen, as I understand it, the investigation's only a few months long. So it's only been in the past several months that they've been investigating Cohen. Therefore, I believe that the tapes they have in that investigation have only been recorded over the past several months. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the the other legal jeopardy that this puts Donald Trump in for calling Michael Cohen is this raises the specter of conspiracy. Are these two characters who are... Uh, you know, one being the target of an investigation by the Southern District of New York, and then also a, a subject of a separate investigation by the special counsel. They're mm-hmm. starting to talk to each other. Plus, Michael Cohen has mm-hmm. his has one foot in the Russia investigation too, and a big foot that is because I'm going to talk about the the Steele dossier here in a second and what specifically Michael Steele reported on about uh, Michael Cohen and that meeting in Prague. So, but I mean, we've got <laughs> then these two people having a phone conversation. Of course, this is going to look like they're, oh, are we getting our story straight? Yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, no one's listening to this call. Absolutely Trump, not. <laughs> Trump has every right to consult his attorney about legal matters at any point, uh, you know, uh, but however, however, yeah. depending on what was discussed, and this was probably recorded too, depending on what was discussed, uh, he may have jeopardized himself because, yes, exactly as you said, when prosecutors see two subjects, let's or, uh, yeah, let's call them subjects, I guess, uh, in an investigation uh, talking to one another, they certainly have a reasonable suspicion that they are conspiring to get their stories straight uh, and, and to match up their stories. So this, Jesus. even the fact, even regardless of what they talked about, uh, Trump has put himself in some legal jeopardy, and Trump always makes things worse for Trump. Yep. He's put himself in some legal jeopardy by even making that phone call. This was Friday. Remember the picture we painted of Friday? Mm-hmm. Trump, uh, furious, uh, fuming all day long, uh, felt better when he heard about McCabe. And once he felt better after hearing about McCabe, he picked up the phone and called Michael Cohen and said, how you doing? <laughs> Like a stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid idiot. Okay. What they said beyond that, we don't know. But depending on what they said. And, and one more thing. I don't know if you're getting ready to go to break or not. But I, I think this is the perfect time to put out the call. Sure. When we make this movie, 
we're going to need a, a set designing genius because there <laughs> needs to be a scene. I know how you do this with three walls, uh, you know, on a, on a movie set yeah. uh, where you make the walls close in on a person. Uh <laughs> We have we need a set designer who knows how to make an oval close in. Yeah, like that shot in Jaws where Roy Scheider sees the sees the shark in the water and they zoom real up tight and, the, and then the background recedes away as the camera zooming in. Yeah, that's a Trump, ge- Trump. He hates sharks. He hates <laughs> he sharks. Is, he hates the sharks. That's right. And of course, this can't just be one movie. This has to be a series of movies. Yeah, this yeah. has to be like the Marvel Cinematic Universe because yeah. they're never going to squeeze in all of the stories i mean th- what happened in court yeah. yesterday could be an entire episode i mean you could make yes. that into a two-hour section of this mini series or slash series of movies for god's sake right. that alone that alone i mean this story you can't write this stuff the way maybe, this has turned yeah. out maybe marvel is the the the, the movie house to go to uh, <laughs> yeah. because we're gonna we're gonna need cgi <laughs> we're gonna need that's right. Giant robots, monsters, all kinds of crap. And I think this has everything. All right. We're going to take one break during the show today. This is going to be our sole break, and we will come back and dig into this bombshell McClatchy report. We're going to talk yes. about wagging the dog. We're going to talk about uh-huh. James Comey and all yeah. kinds of fun still to come on the big show today. Uh, stay tuned. We're back in just one second. You're not going out to play until you've finished all your homework. Oh, mother scrubber. No dessert until you've eaten your vegetables. Mother scrubber. Who's mommy's little oogie woogums? Show your mama some love. Give me a kiss. Oh, mother scrubber. You're not going out dressed like that, are you? Oh, mother scrubber. This Mother's Day, celebrate the first woman in your life, the one who taught you everything you know with a special something from Bubble Genius. Like our Mother Scrubber gift basket loaded with mama-friendly stuff, including our cocoa butter-enhanced Yo Mama bath bar and hippie stench perfume. Or Fresh Pick Suds, a lovely collection of flower soaps for your sweet ma. How about an artsy Bath of Venus bath bar? Bubble Genius has something for the best mother scrubbing mama out there. Yours. BubbleGenius.com The Bob Seska Show The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com all right, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Way too much crap to talk about today. Way too much. Yeah. Uh, okay, by the way, two homework assignments for you. Please continue to go to our iTunes page in the podcast section on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. Please go and do that. That helps our rankings on iTunes. Also, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Go shopping as usual over at Amazon once you click that link and uh, buy lots of great stuff. And then we get a small commission from some of the things you buy over there. And thank you for doing that. All right. And it pisses off Trump. And so it pisses there you off go. Trump, who's now, who's now tweaking the post office because he's got such right. a vendetta. He's now using the United States post office to make a personal attack against someone he just doesn't like. Right. That's where we are in the United States right now. Thank you so much to those 62 million assholes who decided, hey, wouldn't it be a fun idea if we had this 
semi-illiterate moron from New York City as president. He never lies. He never and, does and, crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. And thank you also to those who still uh, support him. Yeah, there was uh, a uh, yeah, yeah. Please. Well, there was that. an interview the other day. Uh, I believe it was yesterday with Anderson Cooper and this uh, this Republican congressman. Uh, I'm trying to find the information here. Oh yeah, yeah. Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan. This was what when we talk about gaslighting. This is a great example. I'm glad you brought this up, Buzz, because they are so deluded or they want uh-huh. us to feel like we're going insane. What right. are those two things going on at the same time uh, about Donald Trump and Donald Trump's complete disassociation with anything resembling honesty? This uh-huh. was an amazing run in, in which y- you can't help but to listen to this and think, oh, God. I'm going crazy. Here's here's Congressman yeah. Jim Jordan with Anderson Cooper. Do you think the yeah. president lies a lot, like Jim Comey says? I do not. I think Jim Comey has leaked information through a friend to the New York Times for the stated purpose of getting a special counsel. I think Jim Comey took over an investigation that never happened before. It had always been the attorney general who had announced the findings, whether they were going to prosecute or not. But I think so. I think Jim Comey, as I said earlier, you his honestly, credibility is 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 gone right. because of how he handled the Clinton investigation we, and we how they seen, started the Trump investigation. I mean, but come on. I mean, you 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 got to admit this president has said things which are just demonstrably not true time yeah, and time again. I mean, the list yeah. is a very long one. Almost on a daily basis. I think Andrew McCabe has said things that aren't true in the Inspector oh, General's investigation right? and, and, was, and was fired because of that. Right. And the so you, so you're very, you're very yeah. bold in calling on Andrew McCabe, uh, not so bold on the President of the United States. It wasn't, it wasn't me calling Andrew McCabe, it was his colleagues. Okay, I mean, it was okay. so you haven't heard the, the President lie. You haven't heard the President lie. I've not heard the president. has been always been square with me. That's for oh, darn well, sure. What about the American, American people? The American people elected him president of the United right. States. Okay, but and, have you ever the American, heard the president lie? That's what I'm asking you. And uh, I've not. And the, and the American people no, feel no, like no. what the treatment he's received from the top okay, people. Okay, I, I don't think you can talk not, about all of the American people. But I'm asking you, just yourself, have you ever heard the president lie? I've not. <laughs> really? So when the Washington Post counts hundreds and hundreds of times, thousands, none of those are, are thousands to you. I've not seen what the Washington Post reported. You're asking, has the president communicated something that wasn't accurate to me? I've not. No, I've no, not, no. I'm not, not to, to you. Case. Has the president publicly said anything that is a lie? Well, I, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know of it. Nothing oh comes to mind. God. But look, people who, who talk as much Slap as you it. and I do, I, I, my, my, my guess is probably, Anderson, you may have said something at some All point. Right, I'm going to stop that right now before Anderson I... should bitch slap him. That's really the answer. <laughs> yeah. That's really the answer there. I'm surprised that he didn't just say, okay, shut up right now. Ow, 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 ow. Uh, And that's what absolutely should have happened right there, because what that guy is doing is making Uh us all feel like we're insane because Uh obviously Donald Trump is the one of the biggest liars to ever step foot onto the public stage. The Washington Post counted thousands and thousands of them, a dozen or more per day. Over, yeah, well, yeah, I think that the latest average, honestly, uh, from the Washington Post is five to six lies a day on yeah. average. So some days we don't hear from him. So th- some days there are. <laughs> he doesn't say some, anything. Some days there are a dozen, you know, so you're <laughs> yeah. right about that. But the average number is five to six a day for a total mm. of, at this point, well over 2,000. That number I don't have in front of me. I want to address a couple of things you just uh, touched on here. Okay. Uh, one of them is uh, the president's a liar. Yeah. I have in front of me an article from MSNBC in which they're reporting what but no one else has really reported because there's been so much other crap in the news. So let's bring it out here, as did MSNBC. 
Uh, headline, Judge Finalizes $25 Million Settlement in Trump's Fraud Case. Yeah. This is the Trump University story. Uh, this is uh, the, the case that Trump said he would never settle, uh, mm-hmm. that he doesn't settle cases, that to settle them is to admit you did something, and he doesn't do that like other people do. Yeah. So he was never going to settle. Well, uh, when it came time that he was going to be called to the stand to testify, he decided it might be worth the money to just <laughs> pay pay the 25 million dollar settlement so so he did that's how much he was that's how much he was willing to pay so that he wouldn't have to take the stand so he paid oh the my God. so here's what and just i want to quote one sentence from this msnbc report it okay. says the circumstances are nothing short of bizarre a sitting president of the united states has written a check for 25 million dollars to a group of americans who credibly claimed credibly claimed that he ripped them off by perpetrating a fraud who's the liar do these people these trump supporters these trump voters do they believe that trump just suddenly materialized from another dimension and then immediately went down the escalator and declared his candidacy (laughs) i mean he's got a we've got a what a 30 plus year history of donald trump operating in new york and elsewhere in which all he does is lie and exaggerate his prowess whether it's this or that the financial prowess or sexual prowess or whatever other prowess and and everybody knew it everybody knew it It was in all the magazines yes yeah Yeah. i mean and so they they must feel like that he just you know that he's just appearing and is the most honest person in the world well why why would you ever claim that donald trump lies to people i've never heard him lying and you and they will say well where name one lie and where do you begin i don't know there are thousands and thousands of them i mean i was asked over the weekend um what else happened on friday other than we learned that michael cohen has tapes uh geez where do i begin i don't even know i mean i actually uh thank god i can i I, i'm capable of taking notes and i have tabs open across my uh, computer screen (laughs) you lots and lots of tabs i know i live there i mean to the point where you they're no longer icons with each tab it's just the little (laughs) the tiniest the tabs can possibly get across the top (laughs) mini tabs (laughs) mini tabs and and so i can't name trump things unless i have the notes because there are so many of them and again i go back to this this is one of my many uh points of order in all of this is (laughs) at what time will the republicans begin to actually weaponize this idea if they haven't already like if we just bombard if we flood the zone with news Mm uh can we get away with more uh, because people aren't able to multitask like that and follow everything that's going on. Well, one, they don't know about Buzz Burbank news and comment. Uh, two, they don't—they're not remembering that there exists a Rachel Maddow show, right? And uh, and also that we're trying to keep track of it. But if you if you're asked by one of these people, is it well, Trump never lies, and can you name one lie? Well, God, let let me dig down into the bag of lies and see what we come up with because they're. It gets to the point where it's it's almost impossible to counter them because they do not exist in the same reality that the rest of us do. Like an artist, you, you and I and Rachel and some of these will be appreciated later, perhaps after we're dead. Uh, <laughs> and this will kill but, us. But history will remember us fondly, even if uh, not a lot of people are paying attention to us now. And the truth is, a lot of people are not paying attention to us now. And yeah. we're doing our work anyway. Why? Well, in my case, uh, to me, uh, the definition of journalist is to keep a journal, yeah. which is what I do. I keep a journal of my uh, perception 
of the week's events. It used to be daily, now it's weekly. So, uh, but anyway, it's my journal. It's my diary entry about what I have witnessed uh, happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to read it, fine. If you don't, that's fine. If you don't like it, do your <laughs> own. You know, uh, but this is mine, and this is the way I'm going to do it. So, uh, you know, uh, whether they listen to us or don't listen to us, we're going to do this anyway. Yeah. So, and and like I said, I think this this will be recorded as history, and I believe and hope that we'll be remembered fondly for it. I want to talk about uh, the Trump supporters again uh, briefly. I, sure. I try not. I know I talk a lot. I get excited to be on the show and to share things with you. And I read your tweets during the week. And by the way, I love the line about uh, uh, coming from another dimension and coming down the escalator. <laughs> uh, but, well, yeah. I mean, that's what they I, did. I, I do read your columns and your tweets and. And, and uh, you know, I, I just I know I talk a lot, but I do get excited about things I want to see. And one of the things I know you've been tweeting about is don't get happy. Don't get too comfortable yeah. with this whole blue wave business. And, you know, I've said before uh, that if enough people turn out to vote, we can overcome a gerrymandering. We can overcome voter suppression. We can overcome Russian interference. We can overcome the real fake news. Uh, and, and we can win elections anyway. And we are. Uh, even though... Though the polls, uh, the overall polls showed eh, it's about 50-50 between Republicans and Democrats right now. I, I contend it's better than that. Look at the races that have gone down so far. And I'm looking at a CNN story right now that says Democrats have a 19-point advantage in the midterms in New Jersey. Uh, wow. This is these are these are not six-point margins. These are 20 and 30-point margins that we're seeing. I'm thinking that even a certain level, oh boy, I'm gonna regret saying this. <laughs> Even okay. even a certain yeah. level, even a certain level of lethargy yeah. won't stop this blue wave. That's what I'm thinking and hoping. Now, I stand by what I've always said. Vote. Take everybody you know to vote. And if you don't, Bob and I are coming to your house. <laughs> right, uh, right. So we're, we're deadly serious about because you can't overcome apathy or Russian interference or gerrymandering or uh, voter uh, denial. Uh, You can't if you don't turn out. So it's important that we say, but the trend is, and the good news that I was eager to bring you is that despite these polls that show "Eh, it's about 50-50, I think it's better than that. I, mm. I think we're in a better and and I, I think it's important to keep our spirits up, not to delude ourselves and not to get too happy and not to get comfortable. Those are absolutely vital things. But at the same time, let's not all be gloomy gusses either. I'm not saying that you you were, but I, I talk to a lot of people or I encounter a lot of people every day uh, online who say, oh, my gosh, we're just screwed. Well, we're, we are if you take that attitude. You yeah. Know? We, we, have to, we have to always look on the bright side of life, as Monty Python <laughs> That's would say. right. Uh, and while keeping an eye, a sharp eye, on the reality of we could screw this up if we're not careful. And it's good that you remind people of that. I just want to make sure that you and other people don't get too pessimistic either. That's right. When you're yeah. chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble, give a whistle. And this will make <laughs> things turn out for the best. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I know, I, in fact, I know what tweet you're talking about. I tweeted out this poll number saying 47% yeah. of uh, voters want a Democratic-controlled Congress compared to 40 who prefer a GOP-controlled right. Congress. And right. I tweeted that out where it seems like that number is tightening, and that was the analysis by uh, NBC mm-hmm. News. And and I, you know, I do my thing where I'm like, well, don't get complacent because Democrats right. have a tendency to get complacent and they don't right. turn out. And the the thing with this though, and I I almost hesitate to say this because this mm-hmm. this, this is the 
the underlying secret of this poll number. Okay. This is a national poll. Yes. And a national poll is completely irrelevant when it comes to a midterm. It's kind of irrelevant when it comes to a presidential election. It's completely irrelevant in a midterm election because what we're talking about are not national elections. We're talking about district by district by district, 435 Mm -hmm. of them. Plus, we've got another 33 Mm -hmm. Senate seats up for re-election, and those are state by state by state. So I'm sure if you look at poll numbers like the one that you cited from New Jersey, where it's mm-hmm. more condensed and more specific to a particular region or a particular state or a particular right. district, then that's going to give us a better read in terms of what's going to happen there. So I that's bet- what's happening on the front lines. You can, yeah, you can, you know, you can say, well, uh, overall, we're we're let's say we're fighting a war, and uh, right now it's overall it's kind of a draw. Yeah. and you know what? Really, if you look around you, it really kind of is. Yeah, uh, you look around the nation, you see that. Well, that's that's true, but in. On the key battlegrounds, <laughs> on the important battles, on the hills we need to take, yeah. we're doing very, very well. There you go. We already have some victories under our belt, and we have numbers in front of us to indicate that we're going to do well on some other hills that we need to win. So uh, I, I want to. I just want to make sure that we don't bring down the people who listen to us morale, uh, yeah uh, yeah i don't want to kill morale either you're so uh, the, what y'all have to remember i think all of us we all have to remember is don't get happy but don't get depressed either <laughs> yeah. uh be in the middle be vigilant keep your eyes open be on your toes be active continue to be active and people are uh and and uh but at the same time uh have some have some hope we can get this yeah so while it may seem close nationally district by district it may be a, it may look yeah. like a blowout for the democrats we you know and that's that's gonna that remains to be seen i think there are future polls and we've started to see some indications of that once these primaries start to play themselves out in these uh various districts and states then we'll start to see real uh poll numbers coming out showing us what the real landscape looks like and that'll be happening in the coming month so we can remain cautiously optimistic i think that is uh maybe the best yeah. middle ground yeah. that i can take yeah. in all of this one, because one, one because of that polling yeah. Right. right yeah one more poll resort uh, result i want to share uh, nbc news wall street journal poll says only 27 percent of americans think the tax cuts are a good idea ah, fewer fewer than one in three fewer than the number who support trump yeah and of course donald trump obviously didn't know that information because he tweeted here today what did he tweet <laughs> you know he's doing a he's doing a shitload of retweeting today a lot of other people's tweets showing up here in his yeah. timeline he yeah. said uh uh, so many people are seeing the benefits of the tax cut bill. Everyone is talking really nice to see, which are uh, his hoity toities at Mar-a-Lago. That's right. where he's getting this. He yes. went around like he does at Mar-a-Lago yes. surveying paying customers, by the way. That's what Brian Williams <laughs> described all the Mar-a-Lago people as paying customers for Donald True. Trump. Goes around and surveys, hey, what do you think of the tax cut? And they say, oh, it's great. Well, of course it's great because you're a hoity-toity who's got right. uh, all kinds of business interests in the, in the tax cut uh, 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 package, and so therefore you're benefiting really well. And but you ask, if, this, if, if these poll numbers are true, the, the, the GOP is making a huge misstep by just launching a brand new ad campaign touting the tax cut. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe the ad campaign will work and the numbers will change, but uh, they they're facing a tough audience right now from the looks of it. Well, so here we are in the news hole. We have you know <laughs> we're uh, 
about an hour into the show right now, and <laughs> oh, we God. haven't even gotten to the McClatchy report on Michael I'm Cohen. Sorry. Let's. Well, no, it's it's by God, it's not anyone's fault other than this <laughs> this entire era where it's just yeah. the the ongoing fire hose of news. For God's sake. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. I just got all wet. Uh, okay, so McClatchy reports that Michael Cohen was, in fact, in Prague uh, in August or around there, 2016, uh-huh. uh, verifying the Steele dossier's claim. And, of course, what Michael Cohen said at the time when the Steele dossier was first made public by BuzzFeed is, says who? I didn't go, I didn't go there. Says who? And so what happened was he revealed the like the cover of his passport to say, oh, look at my passport. There's nothing that says Prague in my passport. And then uh, I think BuzzFeed got a chance to flip through that passport. And sure enough, no stamp from Prague. And and we find out that no, that doesn't matter. We also find out that you can move between different countries inside the EU and different regions of the EU without getting a passport stamp, which is probably what Cohen did. Then the other thing is he may have multiple passports. I mean, they may have gone into... uh, that safety deposit box at Cohen's bank and pulled out, you know, a handful of uh, uh, passports all like rubber banded together. But I, I think it's the first thing. I think it's the fact that, uh, yeah. and, and, and here's what you do. You want to meet, let's say you want to meet with some Russians. Right. And it's the middle of your boss's election campaign and it's not going to look good if you go to Russia. <laughs> Right. That's just that's too obvious. So you get the Russians to meet you in Prague, yeah. which is part of the European, which is in the Czech Republic, which is part of the European Union. Yeah. And so, well, how do uh, how do I do this? You fly to Germany, uh, which is what Cohen apparently did. Yeah. And uh, then you take a train uh, up to Prague and or down to Prague, whichever it is. Uh, I'm not a master of geography. I think it's down. I think it's down. Okay. Yeah. So you take the train down to Prague yeah. and uh, you meet with the Russians and you take the train back and there is no record of it. He could show us, the, as you've indicated BuzzFeed has looked, he could show us every page of the inside of his passport and it would never reveal that he had been to Prague, even though he had, because he isn't required to show or get that passport stamped. So, and, and here's the, this is the part of the story I think you like the best, is Cohen's on TV uh, waving this uh, passport around, showing this passport to, to Hannity and, and the, the TV camera, says and who? saying, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and saying, says who, I've been to Prague. Yeah. Hey, there's there's nothing in here about Prague. And and you know what? He's He's telling the truth, I think. And uh, in his case, uh, but uh, at least as far as there not being a stamp from Prague right, in that, right, right. in that, in the, but that doesn't mean that he hadn't been to Prague. So, I mean, in case you're just now catching up on the Steele dossier, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that the, Cohen's yes. name comes up almost as many times in the Steele dossier as Donald Trump's name. He is yep. all over this because if if we're to believe this McClatchy report and we're to believe uh, Christopher Steele in this dossier, then. My it turns out Michael Cohen is mm-hmm. the is the point man yes. for all of the conspiracy, the linkage between the Trump campaign and Russia, specifically with these active measures, whether it's the hacking, whether it's the media stuff, I mean, the social media stuff or what have you, that Michael Cohen was kind of the coordinator back and forth between the between the Trump camp and between the Russians, because here I mean, obviously, Manafort has a place in this, and Manafort had a significant place in all of this until he was fired from the Trump campaign, and then Cohen took over. In fact, this is what it states 
in the Steele dossier that that when Paul Manafort was ousted from the Trump campaign, exactly. Michael Cohen became the point man after right. that in his right. place. So here's the story. Just some excerpts here from the uh, the Steele dossier in terms of how it specifies Michael Cohen and this particular meeting. Um, it says here, Russia, U.S. presidential election, the important role of Trump lawyer Cohen in secret liaison with the Kremlin. Then it's got mm-hmm. the bullet points here. Kremlin insider outlines important role played by lawyer Cohen in secret liaison with Russian leadership. And then Cohen engaged with Russians in trying to cover up scandal of Manafort and exposure of Page, that's Carter Page, and meets Kremlin officials secretly in the EU in August in pursuit of this goal. These secret contacts continue, but uh, now are farmed out to trusted agents in Kremlin-linked institutes so as to remain, quote-unquote, plausibly deniable for Russian regime. Further confirmation of sacking of Ivanov and, and appointments of Viana. Well, this is a bunch of a, uh, of other Russian internal intrigue. Uh, then he goes on into a little more detail, saying that uh, Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, in the ongoing secret liaison relationship between the New York Tycoon's campaign and the Russian leadership, Cohen's role, had grown following the departure of Paul Manafort as campaign mm-hmm. manager in August 2016. Prior to that, Manafort had led for the Trump side. According to the Kremlin insider, the guy talking to, uh, to, to Christopher Steele, Cohen now ha- was heavily engaged in a cover-up and damage limitation operation. It's what he does. He's a fixer. He's a fixer. In the attempt to prevent the full details of Trump's relationship with Russia being exposed. In pursuit of this aim, Cohen had met secretly with several Russian presidential administration or PA legal department officials in an EU country in August of 2016, that being the country being the Czech Republic. The immediate issues had been to contain further scandals involving Manafort's commercial and political role in Russia, Ukraine, and to limit the damage arising from exposure of former Trump foreign policy advisor Carter Page's secret meetings with Russian leadership figures in Moscow the previous month. The overall objective had been to sweep it all under the carpet and make sure no connections could be fully established or proven. Things had become even hotter since August on the Trump-Russia track, according to the Kremlin Insider. This had meant that direct contact between the Trump team and Russia had been farmed out by the Kremlin to trusted agents of influence working in pro-government policy institutes like that of law and comparative jurisprudence. Cohen, however, continued to lead for the Trump team. Uh, The Kremlin Insider was unsure of the identities of the Uh, the presidential administration officials with whom Cohen met secretly in August or the exact dates and locations of the meetings. There were significant internal security barriers, barriers being erected in the, in the administration, the Putin administration, as the Trump issue became more controversial and damaging. However, he, she continued to try to obtain these Cohen. Also, I mean, the people that Cohen met with were uh, not only Kremlin officials, but this Mm -hmm. guy from this, uh, this non-governmental agency in Russia called, and I had trouble with this when I read the dossier for the Patreon page, but Rosso Trudnishestvo uh, is the name of this uh, non-governmental agency, which was cover for the Russians in their communications with Cohen. So they could say, oh, no, we were just over there talking about this other agency. We weren't talking about anything that was, uh, right. you know, about interfering right. with the election. And in, in some of these reports in this dossier, they're talking about not only these Kremlin officials, but someone from the, the Russian Congress, which is called the Duma. And they're also talking about Romanian hackers. So there may have been hackers in this meeting with Michael Cohen. If not, then there were representatives of the hackers meeting with Michael Cohen in right. Prague. So this, what this constitutes 
if this is in fact true that Michael Cohen that that Robert Mueller knows that Michael Cohen was in Prague and has evidence to that effect, mm-hmm. that is the entire ball game when it comes to yeah. conspiracy and collusion. Yeah, and that's where we are in this whole Trump investigation. Yep. As you were saying, we should assess at the beginning of this show. I I don't know how Rocky Mountain Mike feels about idea guys. <laughs> okay. But- let me let me just say I I am envisioning Kermit the Frog singing someday we'll find it the collusion connection <laughs> Manafort Cohen and me there you go wow that'd be great I would love to see that uh, right right uh, yeah I was trying to I was trying to find real quick the uh, God the Rocky Mountain Mike Michael Cohen one oh here it is I lo- I love this so much breaking news the oh, FBI I'm just gonna play a little bit of this because we're talking about it Trump's longtime attorney makes Michael me happy Cohen, seizing records. No. This is so great. Busting right into your house. <laughs> the FBI. And office and bank deposit box, right? This is where Stormy begins. This is goodbye. <laughs> Cohen me, Cohen you. Says who? Says who? There is nothing <laughs> we could do. Cohen me, Cohen you. Says who? Says who? We learned in that we learned in great. grades we learned in grade school that any kid who says uh, says who is an asshole, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and that's certainly true here. Uh, by the way, Rocky Rocky Mountain Mike has a new uh, song out today. I understand, or has one coming out today uh, about Hannity. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm thinking in my head, uh, vanity. Uh, man can be. I'm trying to think of things that can rhyme with. You know, and so I'm excited to hear his. If you want to hear it and follow Mike's other work, uh, you could do so on Twitter, Rocky Mountain Mike. Yeah, just too great, too great. It's just uh, what a great time to just yeah. completely pour salt into the wounds with song parodies <laughs> we, for these we assholes. Have to, we have to try to enjoy this yeah. because this is serious. Did you? Did any of us ever think we would be talking about a president colluding with Russia? No, uh, or conspiring, if you prefer. Although I'm hearing more legal circles refer to it as collusion so that's not just a political word anymore uh that's part of the legal lexicon in all this so i'm i'm going back to or sticking with collusion on this Uh, i understood uh the argument for calling it conspiracy uh because that's how we associated criminal charges early on in this but with more prosecutors using the word uh, i'm more comfortable using it myself but did you ever think we'd be talking about this and uh, therefore and again to the point that we started the show with the only way to deal with this madness this stress this clown car of characters uh, this this craziness when we can't find the word ignition anymore uh, is is to do it with is to do it with humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to. I mean, we have no choice. Otherwise, we're going to go insane. And I, exactly. I, I absolutely know that I would. And, and in fact, this this show becomes almost like a therapist's couch for us, where we can just go. Tell me about Wah! it. I just. I- I'm sorry I talk so much, but I get excited. I finally, once a week, have somebody to talk to about this stuff besides my keyboard. Yeah, and I I know you're referencing that guy on Facebook, but I I, I want to advise (laughs) you. Don't pay any attention to that at all because there is not a a problem. I'm I'm a snowflake. I'm a sensitive flower. (laughs) 
Uh, but no, I'm good. I'm fine. And I didn't take it too much to heart, but I thought it ought to be addressed. So I yeah. did. Yeah, well, good. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it, but I, I will say, I will rest. You know, we can all rest assured knowing that everything is just fine. Everything is fine <laughs> and dandy here. We it's have all a, fine. No problem. It could be a lot worse. We could have had a pre dawn raid, and that's there's <laughs> yes. that. And we, you know, you could be uh, client number four, Buzz. You never know. Oh, my. Well, shh. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so uh, lots still to get to. We haven't even mentioned the Comey interview from Sunday right. night, so we're going to get to that a little bit on our post-mortem show on our Patreon page. So uh, get ready for that. Go and subscribe now. It's only $5 a month, and you get two post-mortem shows every week over at Patreon, so go ahead and do that. If you want to pony up even more, there's also the $10 level where you get the after-party and the post-mortem shows, and $15 gets you all of that crap plus a commercial-free version of this show that you just listened to. So uh, go and do that right now and support the show uh let's see what else um i don't know we're going to talk about maybe uh, how trump is backing away from the russia sanctions uh-huh. that's a thing now too yeah we yep. haven't even mentioned syria maybe some additional poll numbers here scooter libby and uh oh my god you know this is just like you know, we, we joke about the fire the fire hose of news but it's really a thing we didn't even mention alex jones yet and how <laughs> alex jones completely lost to schmadoinkle That'll be on the fourth hour of the Today Show. Uh, yeah, that's right. If you can stick around until Labor Day, we'll still be going uh, with the show today. So, uh, obviously, with lots more to, to get to and talk about. Uh, let's see. Some plugs here at the end of the show. Buzz Burbank, obviously, can be found at buzzburbank.com and realmnetwork.com. Buzz Burbank News and Comment every Thursday at those locations. Also, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and, and what have you. Fill in the blank. Uh, also, Mark and Lowell shows at realmnetwork.com. Jody Hamilton's at from the bunker.com. Jackie Schechner, investigate Russia.org. Kimberly Johnson, patreon.com slash start me up. They interviewed Scott Dworkin last week and actually broke some news. Wow. So, so go and listen to that. And postmortem coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye bye.